0: Hi everybody, this is Boomer Esiason and thank you for joining me for this week's edition of Game Time on Odyssey. Our guest today is more than an All-Pro linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts. He's proof that the American dream is alive and well. Now, not only does he excel at reading keys as the Colts captain on defense, he's already received the key to the city of a small Southern town where he grew up. It is my pleasure to welcome Darius Leonard. Darius, welcome to game time
1: <laughs> man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. I love your I love your nickname. The maniac that that <laughs> is like it fits you perfect the way that you play on the football field. You're all over the place and you're exactly what a linebacker should be playing like.
1: Yes, sir. I mean, I, I try to take it more so as, you know, as a linebacker, you're supposed to touch the ball every single play. And in my mind, you know, that's what I got to do each and every each and every down. And that's why I play as hard as I do. You know, I don't think I do my job unless I touch the ball each time.
0: I'm sure your head coach loves to hear that. I know him pretty good. Uh, by the way, and I'll tell you some stories about, you know, rooming with him back in the day. Uh, and I, I'm sure you'd be surprised to hear some of those stories. And hey, by the way, <laughs> you get the key to the city, uh, uh, in Lakeview, South Carolina, does that key open anything?
1: <laughs> <laughs> nah, I wish it did.
0: <laughs> nah,
1: but it was—it was actually great to kind of uh, do that, you know, um, where it all started at. Um, to go back in, you know, to have the town, you know, to celebrate me and all of my accomplishments—it really means a lot, especially coming from a small town and, you know, having, you know, that that pedestal that I stand on now and having so many people who look up to me and now I go back with the key to the city. Now I can just I can go out and I can do more for the city, do more things in the community. So I definitely look forward to it.
0: Yeah, it's a perfect way to look at it there, uh, Darius. You know, it was interesting. The Colts went through an in-season hard knocks, and I loved it. I watched every one of the episodes. It told me a lot about your team, the way you guys handled things. Did you think it was... Good that you guys were on hard knocks during the season, or was it a distraction from your standpoint? I loved it. Um, I loved it.
1: Um, you know, I think that it showed who we were um, as a as a team and as an organization of how we, you know, go about things and try to do it the right way. And, you know, when we talk about players, um, showing that, you know, we're more than football players. You know, we have families and stuff like that. And, you know, for a distraction, I don't think it, it was nowhere even close to a distraction because, you know, you, you rarely saw anyone with a camera unless you was at practice. But in the meeting rooms and everything, you know, the camera was on the wall. So it became second nature to you that, you know, it was just another camera on the wall. So I don't think anything was a distraction. It was, it was fun to kind of show you know, what we, was, what we were about and who I was as a, as a person and as a father and a husband.
0: Yeah, I loved it, man. I loved everything about it. So let's talk about the 2022 Colts as we get ready. Here in early April, you tweeted the following. Now tweets stay up there, Darius, so I can I love see it. everything. Uh, you said, damn, I want to win and I want to win now. Next, I don't want, not the next year or the year after, but right now. So uh, who was that in your attendant audience for that? Uh, of everyone.
1: Um, Just let them know how big of a competitor I am. You know, every time I step on the field, you know, I want to win. Each year that I play, I want to win a Super Bowl. And we as players, we got to understand that, you know, this thing that we're playing is a very violent game. And, you know, the average year is three years. And we got to understand that our career can be short. It could be long. But you got to understand to find a way to, if you want to win a Super Bowl, that's the ultimate goal. You got to do that now. And, you know, I, I I say it all the time. You know, I talk to the coaches about it. And I let them know that, you know, us as football players, we don't have 30 years as y'all have, you know, as a, as a coach. Um, so as a player, you know, we want to win. And that's the ultimate goal each and every year to, you know, win a Super Bowl. And I have yet to come close to that. And for me to be the competitor I am, I got to make sure everybody around me understand what the what the one common goal is. That's a Super Bowl. And it can't be tomorrow. It got to be starting today. And that's just a mindset I wanted to give out, as a, especially as a leader on the team and as a leader on the defense, to go ahead and have that marinating in the offseason while everyone is working. And and they understand why they're working instead of just going out and say, you know, I got my lift in, I got my run in. Why are you lifting? Why are you running? And now that I say that, you know, we want to win a Super Bowl, that's the reason why that you're doing it. And that's why I tweeted it when I did. You know, the
0: interesting thing is the AFC hasn't gotten any easier, my man. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of top end quarterbacks now on the road to at least the AFC championship game. And we all know the names, and one of the bigger names happens to be your quarterback now as the Colts decided to trade Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders, and they brought in Matt Ryan from the Atlanta Falcons.
1: Yeah, man, me and Matt, we um, we have a great, well, I ain't going to say a great relationship, but, you know, every day, you know, we somehow have to communicate with each other. And it's it's good to kind of see um, Matt come in. Um, I always, I mean, I told coaches this, I, I got a feeling that he reminded me somewhat of, Andrew Luck and Phillip Rivers combined, you know, just by his presence and, you know, where he go about things and you can tell that he's already a leader. You can tell the way that, you know, he go about things. He he leads in so many ways. And, you know, I watched him from afar just because I grew up, you know, a New Orleans Saints fan. So I watched him, you know, twice a year when I was growing up and understanding who he was as a as a as a person. And, you know, I test him I test him on Friday. No, I test him Thursday night. And I was just like, I respect you as a leader because when I was younger, I remember they having hard knocks. And I remember him going into a wide receiver room and say, you know what, I was wrong, I messed up, you did it right, I was the one who completely was wrong. And I felt like that's what you need as a quarterback who's going to be a leader to you know admit that they're wrong and show the guys that, hey, I'm, I'm not perfect. You know, I make mistakes just like you guys, but for him to, you know, hold, hold his standards real high, that's, that's what we need in the quarterback. And, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that we got him. And I can't wait to see what he brings to this team and see where it takes us.
0: You know, the interesting thing also is on defense, you've actually added two all-stars, Stephon Gilmore and uh, Yannick Ngakwe, who's obviously from the University of Maryland. You know, he actually wore my number there, but I don't think he ever <laughs> knew that I played there. Uh, but you got two great uh, players now to join you on defense.
1: Man, that was that was amazing, um, especially for the um, for the D linemen, You know, just for another outside edge. You know, um, with Buck and Quitty, you know, helping them out and. You know, then you get a shutdown corner with Stefan Gilmore. You know, that's one thing that we was uh, we were missing uh, defensively was that you know that lockdown corner. So now we just adding pieces to the puzzle to try to make this defense to be the number one defense in the National Football League, and that's the goal each and every year. And you know, uh, as soon as uh, Chris Ballard, you know, made them changes, you know, all the first one to tell you know, appreciate you for that pickup. You know, we're looking forward to it, and we know that we ha- we have a standard here uh, defensively that. If you're number one, or you didn't do good enough, and this past couple of years we haven't been number one, we haven't been, you know, especially in the second half of uh, games. You know, we a lot of, let a lot of games slip away from us, so we got to learn from that. And hopefully the pieces that we got now can help us out and uh, get this thing going in the right direction.
0: Well said, Darius. He's the maniac, and we'll <laughs> uncover the, his distinctive rural roots when game time continues right after this. Welcome back to Game Time. Darius Leonard grew up as one of nine siblings raised by his single parent mother under trying circumstances to say the least in Lakeview, South Carolina, population 800. And you know, Darius, two of your brothers, Charlie and Cody were incarcerated. When you were a young boy, another, your best friend, Kivante, was killed in a nightclub, and yet another, Anthony Waters, was a third-round draft choice of the Chargers at linebacker. I mean, this is a lot of stuff coming at you as a kid. You know, I love to see you smiling now, and I I love the vitality that you bring to your team and the way that you play. I mean, this is a lot of stuff that you had to deal with when you were younger.
1: Yeah, it was a lot. You know, I had had to grow up quick. like you said, my two older brothers, Travis and Cody, um, Travis went in in 1997. So, I, you know, I was two years old and Cody went, I think I was maybe eight, nine years old. And, you know, just seeing that and, you know, seeing how people look towards us, uh, towards the family. And, you know, once my brother, you know, made it to the NFL, you know, seeing the switch there. And then in 2012, me losing my brother Kevonte, um, you know, my best friend, um, doing everything together. You know, it took a toll on me, I think. Well, I don't think I know that was the most hardest thing for me to ever have to go through. And I think it just built me to kind of understand that this world that we live in comes with a lot of ups and downs. It it makes you, you know, grind even harder. It makes you, like, for younger kids, for me, I think it's so, like, if Darius Leonard can go through all of this right here and still make it to the top, you know, I can do the same thing. And it was just that no-quick mentality and was down to prove everybody wrong that, you know, I still can... You know, make it to the next level. Then, you know, I still got my brother. And you know, me playing this game, and you know, I'm playing it with a lot of passion because you know that is my happy place. That's is my safe haven spot. You know, I'm not thinking about anything. You know, outside of outside of the football field, and I just I just love what I do. And when I'm playing football, you know, I'm thinking about you know my brothers. You know, me. Fighting for my brothers, and that's why you know I'm always you know trying to make sure that I'm making someone smile, I'm making sure that you know because my mom always tell me you know you can say hey to anyone, you never know how that's gonna make their day, you know put a smile on someone's face, and that's what I'm all about. I mean I have a huge heart, I love to make people smile. And I love to make people laugh, and I love doing my job and getting the crowd
0: involved in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, your mom is right, uh, because uh, now that you're a superstar athlete, you can touch so many people in so many ways. You also said that your mom was always trying to protect you specifically. How so?
1: Well, you know, um, with her working all the time, you know, it it was kind of hard for us to, you know, have that, outside life, um, especially when we were staying far away from everyone else. So it was like, you know, we couldn't go outside until she got back home. And then whenever we, you know, we were moved back to Lakeview, you know, it's more so we only could go in these neighborhoods. Uh, we only can um, go anywhere together. We never could go anywhere by ourselves. And that was more so teaching us that you always got to have your brother and your sisters back and making sure that we was home before dark and stuff like that and just making sure that we wasn't going to do the wrong thing, you know, make sure that we understand the consequences behind every action and understanding that we already have two brothers incarcerated and make sure that we don't go down that path. And, you know, I see my mama go through a lot. Um, I see my mama lose both parents. I see my mama lose um, a brother. And, you know, I see her never fold. And that's been my mindset. And no matter how hard this life goes for me, or no how hard that, you know, this football thing go, you know, if my mama, going through everything that she's been through, never hung her head and always finding a way to, you know, make ends meet or make sure that, you know, we was happy, then I can do the same thing right here, right now. And I just, I, don't, it, I think it's a blessing in disguise of me watching my mom go through everything that she's been through and seeing how strong she is. It built me. And, man, you made me kind of made no, want to make no excuses, want to find a
0: way and be the one or be the cause for someone to smile or be the cause to help someone out that day that's great you know i love your high school coach story too because i follow me here now your head coach frank reich okay his father was my high school coach's (laughs) high school coach i didn't know this until frank and i met at maryland Uh but my high school coach told me the most important figure in his life was his high school coach who was frank reich's father so you Mm -hmm. get me here now you understand all this very very small world so now daryl king your high school coach Basically said when others were out partying on Friday night, Darius was in the weight room watching films. That's what separates the great ones from the good ones. What was your motivation, Darius, to work so hard and do all the little extra things when you were so young? Um uh, because um when
1: I was in ninth, ninth and tenth grade, I sat at the bench in football. And you know, um uh, for me being a competitor and really feel like that you know, I, I well. You know, at that age, you think that you were supposed to be playing, and it was to the fact that you know our high school was about championships or bust. And I knew that I wanted to be a part or the reason why we made it to a championship. And my brother told me never, never ask for a handout. Always work for work for everything. And he he showed me the things that he had done to make it to the next level. And I didn't want any handout. I wanted to prove to the coaches that, you know, I had a work ethic that was nothing. Like, no one can actually stood beside me and work harder than me. And I didn't want no handouts, and I was going to prove that I belonged there. And so every time, you know, my guys went out, um, I went to the gym. <laughs> when school came and it was off-season workouts, I mean, I jogged. I jogged to the high school, jogged back. I got there early. I left late. And, that's just been my mindset that nothing was going to be handed to me and I had to work for everything. Man, I was 5'10", 135, ran probably a 5'2". So <laughs> I knew I had a lot of work to do. <laughs> so I just I just grind until I felt like I, was at, um, I had a chance of, you know, being that starting role somewhere on that field. And once I got a taste of it my 10th grade year, the last game of my 10th grade career – you know, they threw me in there in the a, in a playoff game. And, you know, I was like, you know what? I like this feeling. And I said, you know, I'm never going to find a way to get back on the sideline. I just wanted to prove that, you know, I belong and I can work. And I had my brother in front of me, so I had to make sure that I had a. if he went off to go play at Clemson, I had to at least back it up a little bit so I had to step <laughs> up.
0: I'll tell you what, great advice from your brother. Darius Leonard dreamed of bowing in his brother's Anthony's footsteps and playing big-time football at Clemson. As a Maryland guy, I'm glad he didn't go there. Ultimately, he ended up at South Carolina State, which may have proven to be a blessing all around. So why didn't Clemson work out, uh, Darius? Um. Well, my 19th grade year uh, in the classroom, you know, I wanted to be the class
1: clown. Um, I wanted just, you know, do enough to get by, not even knowing you know, the SAT, the GPA, and all that stuff. And, you know, it took to my 11th grade 11 grade year, and the first recruit that ever came into the locker room was Robbie Caldwell from Clemson. And the first thing he said, man, you're one hell of an athlete, but your grades are not there. We want you to come to camp, and if you have a good camp, you know, we're going to offer you. So I thought I did enough at camp. Um, the coaches loved me. Uh, And then I was just waiting for that offer. It never came, and they was like, okay, whenever you get this test score, we're going to give you an opportunity. My test scores came back, um, I think it was a day after signing day. And so I called everybody who, you know, that said they was going to offer me. I told them that um, I I met my score, I'm eligible to play. So everybody basically gave me the same thing. Well, we don't want you anymore. We don't have a scholarship for you. So I called South Carolina State, said, hey, I made my score. They were like, well, we got a partial scholarship for you. So I said, you know what, well, all I want is an opportunity. And I went to South Carolina State and it had been the best decision I ever made in my life. And I, I enjoyed every minute of South Carolina State, um, you know, from the, not having the big facilities and, you know, up, upscale facilities, makes you want to go out and just work even harder. And I think that would kind of mold me to the man I am today, because I knew that I was at a disadvantage from Clemson athletes to South Carolina State athletes, and I had to work a little harder. and. That's what I did, and it's been
0: a blessing in disguise. You know, it's amazing, in 2016 I was reading that you had a chance to show Dabo Sweeney what he could have had, and of course expected Clemson was going, you know, they're going to pay you guys a lot of money to play you. Uh, You guys lost 59 to nothing, but, 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 you had 19 tackles and a block kick, and earning the nickname Maniac in that game, and by the way, forcing Dabo Sweeney to comment, I love this comment, by the way, I hate that we missed on you, What were you thinking during that game, and uh, Dabo's comment after the game?
1: I'm just going in the game. Of course, it was. I'm about to prove these jokers that you know I can play with their guys. And my whole mindset was, you know, Clemson was like a second home to me. Uh, Like I said, my brother went there, and then my cousin went there right after. So for eight years, you know, I was in Death Valley. So just be having the opportunity to play in Death Valley was, you know, was big for me and. Once, ever, once the game started, it was like, okay, now I got a point to prove. I, want, I got a point to prove that, you know, I can play at this high level. And once I did, it was crazy because, I mean, I was just playing the game uh, to my best ability. And after the game, uh, Coach Sweeney walked up to me and he said what he said. And then, I mean, I was just thinking, oh, we just lost 59-0, so I'm not even thinking about my stats or anything and my uh, my coach come up to me and said, you had an interview, so I was like, okay, he was like, Did you know how type of game you just had? So I was like, no, sir. He said, what you got you at 19 tackles. I was like, whoa. <laughs> 19? I'm like, man, that's a special spot to have it at. I mean my whole family was there. So that was that was a great, that was a great feeling there. Yeah, yeah. but what
0: I love though is that you, you didn't even know it because you lost and it was about the team first. You know, you actually were invited to the senior bowl. So yeah, small sc- college players can get found and you were the defensive MVP in that game, and you had a great NFL combine. Did you realize that you were going to be at the top of the draft, or like what, what did you expect going into the draft?
1: I expected going into the draft because um, I watched um, a linebacker, Joe Thomas, play at South Carolina State. He won defensive player of the year two years in a row, and I saw a free agent contract. Then I saw Javon Hargrave, you know, he was defensive player of the year, I think maybe three years in a row, and he goes third round. So now I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, I'm gonna get a maybe a six, seven-round free agent deal. And I went to the I went to um, the Senior Bowl, and my first day was, oh, it was terrible. But, you know, I wanted to say um, Coach Bobby King was the linebacker coach at the time, and he was just saying, hey, you got all the athletic ability, relax, learn, and grow. And once he said that, like every nerve, like all the nervousness and everything was more so. Like just, just be me, just be me. And then I just kept getting better each day. And luckily, another blessing in disguise that uh, Dorian O'Daniel was the starting linebacker for us, and he he left the day before the game. So now I'm playing the whole game, and now I got all the tape that I need playing against you know every big time talent, and you know I, I play well. And that right there, I was like, okay, maybe that just knocked my shot up a little bit. And then I go to the combine, and on my first 40, I pop my quad, and that's all I do. So I say, oh, maybe this is trouble. And once I pop my quad, and I had so many, you know, interviews, so many workouts, and I'm still injured through the whole thing, and I was like, there's absolutely no shot that I get drafted. It's the only the only way I can do this now is a free agent, uh, free agent deal. And luckily, the Colts, um, you know, they took a chance on me and. Right when I, when, I, when I got drafted, I, I saw the uh, 2018 you know, worst draft pick, and I told, I told Chris Barton I was going to make sure that I do everything in my will
0: to prove them right, and that's what I've been doing. So you not only prove them right, and I know that you are a huge proponent of the HBCUs, the historically black colleges and universities. So I'm going to ask you the three questions real quick and see if you can answer these. Uh, how many Pro Football Hall of Famers has the University of South Carolina Four. produced? Oh, you of no, 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 no. South Carolina, zero. Zero, thank you. One, go ahead, go to Clemson, one. <laughs> uh, well, hold on, how many Pro Football Hall of Famers has Clemson produced? One, Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins, great player. Finally, how many Pro Football Hall of Famers has the South Carolina State produced? Four. <laughs> so, Harry Carson. Deacon Jones Donnie and Marion Motley and Donnie Shell. Yes, sir. Oh, um, maybe one day Darius Leonard. We'll have to that, see. That, that's the plan. See. That's the ultimate goal, right there. That's what I like. All right, that's what I call. <laughs> that's what I call looking forward to the future. All right, we'll be right back to look how the HSBCU star cashed in the chip on his shoulder to become a dominant defensive force in the NFL. You didn't let me ask you all the questions. Cause, hey, cuz I knew I knew what was coming. I got pumped up then. <laughs> More with Darius Leonard right after this. Welcome back everyone as we continue with Darius Leonard. We've talked about many of his past trials and tribulations. However, as he himself says, Pressure bursts pipes or makes diamonds? And I couldn't agree with you more. You invited your family and friends to the 2018 NFL Draft Watch Party in Myrtle Beach. So what was it like when you got a call from Colts GM Chris Ballard?
1: Oh, man, it was it was amazing. Um, but it, the crazy part is, though, um, I wasn't even watching the draft. Because uh, my agent called me and he was like, these are the teams that we think that might can take you. And it was way later in the draft, so like, I'm not even – about to watch it because I know me, I'm going to get frustrated when my name's not called, so I said, I'm I'm out. So I was just standing there, I uh, just brought groceries back in, and I was watching everybody play cards. And my phone, well, my watch vibrated, and I looked down, it was a 317 number, in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I was like, uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> and then on the phone was Chris Ballard, and then, you know, it didn't hit me until after my name got called, because, you know, that's the dream, not to call, but your name to get called. And that's when all the emotions um, and everything hit. And, you know, for me, I was I was just so happy that all my hard work and everything was paying off. And everything I thought about was my struggle. You know, my mom struggling, my sister, my whole family struggling. It was like, this is my opportunity not, uh, to help my family and help my community. And then, you know, it gets emotional when you think about, you know, your brother, well, my brother not being there with me um, um, in the flesh. And Because that's what we talked about when, ever since we was a kid. So, you know, the, the emotions there and, you know, just seeing my mom smile the way that she did. And that really, you know, that, that touched me because my mom been through so much. And that's so not too many times where I've seen her smile as, as, as big as she did. And I say, you know what, I want to make sure that my mom have the life that she deserves, but not the life that she want. And that's when I say, I got to go in here and I got to make sure that I stay on top of my, my, my job because I want to make sure that mama's always happy and never wanting for anything.
0: You know, it's amazing, Darius. Uh, I told you this off-air. I'm going to tell you on the air anyway. Uh, that draft day, my college roommate, Frank Riker, head coach, sent me a text. He goes, "Where do you see our second-round pick. Man, we were so lucky to get him. And at the same time that he's doing that, Bleacher Report said, you were the worst pick. I mean, does that still bother you?
1: Yes. <laughs> yes, <No>. sir. <laughs> uh, yeah, because um, for one, I felt like, you know, it was disrespectful at, at the time because, I think I was judged off where I went and not who I was as a person or a player. And I felt felt like, you know, my athletic ability that I could could stand beside, you know, any other linebacker that was going on in the draft. And for them to not know me as a player or as a person to, to say that, you know, it hurt. And it just really wanted me to lock in and say, you know, let's prove them wrong. That's proven that they they don't know they don't understand ball as well as they know ball, and that's what just my mentality was. Let me screenshot it, put it on my front screen of my phone, so every day that I wake up, I see it, and it's a, it's a daily reminder that I cannot get complacent or be happy with any a little bit of success. I gotta make sure that I keep grinding because nah, I just want to be the best each and every year, and if I'm continue to be the best, they can continue to look crazy for making that uh, making that statement.
0: You know, that's good for you, and it's, it's something to have a chip on your shoulder with. You know, uh, my last game was against uh, the Baltimore Ravens, and Ray Lewis was in his second year, and I'd never seen anybody so sudden in all my life, so big, so fast, so furious. And I said, you know, I'm retiring. I'm I'm, I'm going to leave right now because uh, th- this is not up for me anymore. But the thing that uh, makes me think about you and him in the same sentence is how— the leader is always hurting cows, and you talk about hurting cows in, in, in conjunction to your defense. what What does exactly that mean from your perspective? Um, I always just make sure being a, being a
1: genuine servant, you know, being able to you know give without any want in return. Um, you know I'm always always about you know trying to help the next person and you know being that that true leader who've been through been through war and still can stand up tall and have so many guys seeing you, how hard you work, seeing how you, the energy that you bring, in, seeing how smart you is to play the game. And that's so many people that gravitate to, to towards me because of my energy and the way I play this game. And me watching Ray Lewis, you know, I see the same exact thing. You know, he's his energy. And then he was intimidating, you know, he was coming down here, he was smacking folks, he was just so smart. And it's crazy because, you know, when I have problems with, you know, me watching tape or trying to figure out some things, he's the first person I hit up. Like, hey, what do you see here? Yeah. How can I get better here? And what made you so great? And you know, learning from him, you know, is it's crazy because I'm sitting here studying, you know, tape from this year. He telling me, nah, you gotta stop studying players. Go study the coordinators from years back and you understand how they're going to call the game, understand what formation they're going to do. Because he said, you know, once you understand a coordinator, they don't change who they are. You know, they. and he said, just just do that, you know, just study the game, be a student of the game and never just – never feel like you made it. Never feel like you arrived. Make sure that you always down to learn
0: something new. All right, so quick question. I need a quick answer from you. When you and Derrick Henry run into each other, who gets up first? Me. <laughs> Man, <laughs>
1: I got to because like if, if I stay down the longest, then he's going. He's not going to respect me because I'm the defender and he's the offensive guy. So I got to make sure I get up before he
0: does. Last season, the Indianapolis Colts were featured in the first ever in-season series of Hard Knocks. We talked about that earlier. They gave HBO viewers a unique opportunity to meet Darius Leonard, the tough team leader and the tender family man. So now you've said that Kayla has been with you through thick and thin, That your wife. What did you mean by that? And how did you propose to her?
1: Ah, oh, man, see, I met my wife in kindergarten. We had the same kindergarten class. So we grew up together, like my, my grandmother and her dad was like, you know, that was basically her grandmother type thing. And, you know, we started, um, well, I asked her out in sixth grade and she turned me down. And then she came crawling back in 11th grade. <laughs> she came, she came crawling back. But when I say that she's been through uh, the thick and thin, and I'm what I'm talking about is, you know, when I lost my brother, and you know, she's been there all the way through that, and making sure my mental was okay. And then whenever when we were going through college, she made sure that I had everything that I I needed. And you know, once she graduated and she started her job, it was more so hey, whatever you need, I got you. Don't You don't have to ask your mom or ask anybody else for anything else. Just know that I got your back. And, you know, I proposed to her November 11, 2000 and 2017, um, my senior, my last game in um, Oliver C. Dawson. Right after the game, um, you know, proposing to her was one of the best things that I possibly could have done because um, it was more so not even just, you know, doing it for the fame or anything. It was more so me showing everyone that – I truly loved my best friend, and it's crazy because you know, being being a star athlete, you know, it's questions that you have in the back of your mind: Are they with you for who you uh, for who you are, or for what you have? And for her to you know be there since day one, and not even before we even knew that we was gonna go to college to play ball, and that's what you need. And she's been everything plus 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 more that I can ask for for a wife, and. She's been a great mother, and I, I, I'm i just truly blessed to
0: have her as my wife. I like to hear that. So how did you feel when you discovered that you accidentally threw your <laughs> wedding ring away when you tossed your gloves to a fan in the stands after a game? Oh, man, so when, when I threw it, I still I, I didn't notice it at all. I took
1: a shower, didn't notice it, and then I'm on, a, I'm on the way home. I'm driving, and I'm always on Twitter. I'm always trying to figure out, you know, what people will say, what bad comments people say about me, and I look – and it said, Darius Leonard, we have your wedding band. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> so I immediately, sorry, first I immediately hit them up and said, hey, I need my ring. And for two, I made sure that I, I called my wife. Hey, I, hey, I, threw, my wife, I threw my ring in the, in the stands. That's where it's at. <laughs> so I had a screenshot and I sent it to her. But it was, it was crazy. But ever since then, every time I take my gloves off, I make sure I take the look down before I throw them in
0: the stands. Good, yeah, good idea. And how, how about this? How was, what was your mom's reaction like? When you bought her the new car and you put a big <laughs> ribbon on it, what was that like? Oh man, that that was amazing, man. Um, for for me to see that reaction,
1: for her to take off running up and down the parking lot, um, it, it really shows that you know that's why I did it. You know that's those are the things that you do it for. Those that's the dream, that's the perfect picture of what you dreamed of as a kid of giving your mom a house or a car. For that reaction, and it was it was a blessing, man. It was a blessing to do that and. You know, it's still one of the most happiest moments of my life to see my mom run up and down and almost lose a wig uh, when she ran to the car.
0: <laughs> oh, Darius, listen, man, don't ever change, man. you got a story to tell. Keep telling it. Uh, you're an inspiration for so many people that may not be uh, doing so well right now, and I just hope that your success continues for you and the cults and, of course, my college roommate. Your head coach, Frank Reich. So thanks to Darius Leonard for joining us today. This is Boomer Esiason, and be sure to listen next week on my new Game Time podcast when I'll be joined by Olympic great alpine skier Michaela Schiffrin. And thanks for listening.